right right when fall started, especially in Louisiana, you don't get a lot of cool days, but it seems like you wake up one day and something has changed into high school. Uh, you know, every Halloween I was putting on a haunted house or hayride or something. I don't know uh, exactly why it's what I wanted to do. I absolutely loved it. 13th Gate is a 40,000 square foot walkthrough haunted attraction. It survived the haunted house. <laughs> it's a shared experience. It's more than just a haunted house to me. It's the same thing with the escape rooms. It's an adrenaline rush and they have to concentrate on each other. Uh, it's a thrill. It's every puzzle in that game has a, a reason for being Well, there. it's in its 18th year. When it's, I was a kid, you went outside and played. That simulated danger, the world's changed. Because I think people have forgotten how to play. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Skye, the host of the Immersion Nation podcast. Here, the masters of immersive experience create and conjure, muse and imagine the cultural revolution that is unfolding before us. That is immersive entertainment. Welcome. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, sitting just off the bank of the Mississippi River, is the 13th Gate, a repeatedly nationally acclaimed haunted house and escape room. The founder and owner, the understated multimedia master, Dwayne Sanburn, joins the podcast today to discuss the experience that has repeatedly set the bar for each of his respective categories. Enjoy. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you for taking the time to chat for a bit today. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, to start off with, if you had to choose one, a particular fictional or fantasy world that you would want to spend some time in or live in, is there anything that comes to mind particularly? With the caveat that you are at least relatively safe in this world. There's no like long-term damage that can be inflicted in your time slash adventures in this place, which given the context of the conversation, I feel like is an important qualifier. So a fictional world that I would want to spend time in, and this is a known world. Yep. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> uh, that is an excellent question. You know, I, all I do is, uh, I love creating and designing different worlds for escape games and haunted houses. So I'm, I'm always jumping from theme to theme, but to pick one uh, other than a general horror theme, uh, that that's, that's a difficult question. Uh, wow. We can also roll with the general theme too. That is yeah, totally the fine. Theme of horror. I think, uh, you know, I, I've, this is my 26th year of devoting my life to haunted houses and Halloween and horror. So I guess probably I spend the most time there than anywhere. That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. And you've always been drawn to this world and this genre from horror movies to Halloween season. And then of course the first haunted house you ever attended. Right. What initially drew you there? Like what were you finding in those early experiences that kind of lit the fire in you? You know, it's it's weird because uh, I just was always I remember very young, always just loving, you know, Dracula and all the universal horror movies and uh, anything uh, dark and and uh, anything that have has that has to do with that genre. And uh, as I grew up, it just stuck with me. And 
Halloween in particular, uh, that time of year, uh, it just uh, right right when fall started, especially in Louisiana, you don't get a lot of cool days. But it seems like there's a spot right at you know everything just you wake up one day and something has changed, and it always associated always associated that with Halloween, the you know fall and the smell and the feeling. And then the you know the Halloween and haunted houses and things. So I, I don't know. I've just always been drawn to it. And I went to my first haunted house when I was about oh I don't know 12, 13 years old. And be- before that, my mother absolutely and I think I blame it on her because <laughs> she absolutely loved horror movies and she would drag me to movies much too young to go to. Uh, it, not inappropriate, but scary, very scary. And um, they uh, terrified me, <laughs> but she's kept pulling me to them. And now I terrify her. So it's a uh, payback, <laughs> you know, we laugh about it, but- um, Early inoculation, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I think uh, all of those factors and then going to my first haunted house when I was a teenager uh, really cemented the idea that, hey, I can do this and uh, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. And then- you know, further on um, into high school, everyone, uh, you know, every Halloween I was putting on a haunted house or hayride or something. And I just really, it's what I wanted to do. I absolutely loved it. And it just stuck with me. So I don't know uh, exactly why, um, you know, this is, this is something that I just love, but it, you know, it is. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I've been particularly looking forward to this conversation for quite some time because I'm actually, relatively speaking, a novice in the world of haunts and the genre of horror um, due to more than anything, just a lack of exposure. What would you say that someone who exists in the group of the uninitiated to some degree, um, what do you feel like someone who has not jumped into that world is missing? Uh, you know, I have employees that work for me uh, who are terrified of the haunted house, and I and then I I even have actors who scare people in the haunted house, but will not watch horror movies. Matter of fact, we just as a group um, we went to see the second It movie, and there were quite a few employees. There were ninety nine of us. We took the entire theater over. There were ninety nine of my actors that showed up to 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 watch this film. It was great fun. Uh, but, uh, there were quite a few that refused. Interesting. So I always question why, uh, people will not watch horror movies or anything scary or go to haunted houses. (laughs) To me, it's just uh, great fun, uh, to experience those things. But, But also, you know, it's the same thing with roller coasters or thrill ride, you know, anything like that. A lot of people just, they just don't want that in their life. Uh, that excitement uh, is terrifying to them. So I, I guess they view it a different way. And I, I, I don't really understand it because I'm, I'm on every roller coaster I could find, you know, so. Uh, fair uh, enough. Yeah. So I, I don't know why some people don't. I, I always um, tell uh, people who are friends of mine that, oh, you, you've got to watch this. You got to watch that. Or, you know, and, and I encourage them to to try, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know how, how well it is. And, and also, uh, it's, uh, kind of a uh, understanding around here that it, in a kind of running joke as well, of people who start working for me that are new, 
uh, I try to get out of them what they're afraid of. And, uh, you know, everyone says, don't tell him you're going to be in trouble because <laughs> I'm here to fix your phobia. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I don't know why some people don't like it, uh, you know, no more than I know why I love it. You know, it's just the way we're programmed. Certainly, certainly. No, that makes sense. And I really like the idea that you kind of go out of your way to, you know, kind of impart some of that inoculation to people. There's a lot to be said for that. There's really not a whole lot of things in daily life that give us a chance to kind of, you know, see fear in such a stark and obvious way. A lot of times it's kind of a little bit more subtle. It's like, you know, it's a very human thing that we all experience, but I think potentially more so than we maybe realize. But the opportunity to actually do something to actively work with that, you know, uh, to me, it's it's all great fun and theater. I, I've got a nursing background. I worked uh, 10 years at the VA Medical Center in ICU, and I know what real fear is and, you know, the, the horrors of the world. And, and to be able to go into a haunted house and see fantasy, uh, that's that's a release. That's that's stress relief. You know, people scream and cut up in the haunted house. But when they come out the end, they're all laughing. And that's why I think it's uh, people, uh, I think they associate real fear with haunted houses and that's probably why they don't go, but it's really not that way at all. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Something about the the difficulty of differentiating one from the other. And actually right, I wanted right. to ask you about that because my understanding is that you spent probably like about a decade in um, the nursing profession. And I had to wonder, do you feel like there's some variety of link between your initial appreciation for the horror genre and your interest in going into nursing initially? I think certainly there's some crossover uh, things there. And one of the <laughs> one of the first scenes I built uh, when I in my first haunted house was a hospital scene. Obviously, there's some content there for horror movies. Certainly, certainly. Uh, yeah, but uh, I I've always loved Halloween, and 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 when I when I got out of high school, I realized that I needed uh, to to have a a good paying job to be able to fund my obsession, and so nursing was uh, an easy fit for me. Uh, I always loved the medical field as well. And uh, so I'm very happy. It was a stepping stone. I, I worked 10 years, and but I started my first haunted house when I graduated college. And um, it was a, a great way for me to fund uh, the haunted house until it was able to, uh, to stand on its own. And then eventually I was able to quit nursing, although I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved working at the VA and uh, ICU was great. The people were wonderful and the patients, and I certainly still uh, to this day, miss it. Um, but unless they ban Halloween, I'll never go back. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. And I don't think that will ever happen. It, it's a thing that is just such an incredible time of year. Fall is most certainly my favorite season. And yeah, to segue from that, I guess, what do you think draws people in general to haunts? Like, what do you feel like people are kind of searching for when they come out to 13th gate? Well, in general, uh, people go to haunted houses because it's just like going to uh, ride a roller coaster. Uh, it's a 
it's an adrenaline rush. Uh, it's a thrill. It's, you know, it's that simulated danger. And, and like I said, you scream through the whole thing, but at the end, when you get out, you're relieved, you got this huge sense of relief and everyone's laughing. Uh, it's just really an adrenaline rush, just like getting on a, a roller coaster. And so I think that's what draws people to it. Now, specifically for the 13th gate, uh, I think we have been building on this haunted attraction well, it's in its 18th year this season, and we've really put a lot of detail and time and energy into this haunted house. Uh, it's always changing. It's always getting more complex, uh, more detailed, uh, more immersive. Uh, I, I work really hard to not cut any corners uh, and to try to create a 100% immersive environment where people walk in and they cannot see anything that's going to remind them they're in a haunted house. I want them drawn in to the sets, to the characters. Uh, I want them to experience a story as they go through that if they pay attention, they'll get bits and pieces of throughout their walk, through each scene, through each themed area. Uh, so I, it's more than just a haunted house to me. It's a, it's got a storyline. It's got, you know, it, a lot of people walk through with their eyes shut. They don't see anything, you know, so right, they right. get a lot of it. But the, for the people who love detail and love um, uh, more than just the scares, it's all there. It's a complete package, I think. And we're a little more theatrical than most haunted houses because of that. I have specific characters throughout that are going to interact with you and each other as you go through. So it's a show. I mean, this, the scares are there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you're going to get a lot more in that. And because of that, we get a lot of our, I think our demographic is a lot larger than a normal haunted house. We we have I mean, there's many, many times I see three generations going through together. Uh, it, people it appeals to people who are not necessarily who would not necessarily go to a haunted house or one that just has people jumping out at you from every turn. I think it's much more than that, and, and especially in the the environments that we built, uh, there's a tremendous amount of detail put in uh, to make it as realistic as possible. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we're nationally recognized is because of that detail that we put in and it's, we painfully put in. Uh, we work on it year round. Uh, it's something that uh, really never gets finished. We just stop to open, but uh, it, as soon as we close the haunt again, we're changing and detailing and adding more and more uh, realistic uh, sets. Most definitely. So as kind of a general snapshot, what like what is 13th Gate? 13th Gate is a 40,000 square foot walkthrough haunted attraction that has 13 different themed areas, uh, very highly detailed areas uh, with about 160 actors throughout and lots of scares automated and alive scares right on and then where did the escape room portion of it come into the picture about five years ago gosh has it been that long four and a half five years ago i got uh, one of my friends in seattle sent me an article on an escape room in canada and i had never heard of them before yeah because that's and how thought, it was all just starting then yeah well the Canadian market is about five or six years ahead of the U.S. Oh. So it went in there first, and it just exploded. 
uh, they they're all they were all over. And when they sent me that, I thought, wow, what an interesting concept. You know, there there's certain things you can't do in a haunted house. I wish we could you could spend as much time as you wanted because you know then we can develop story and you know inter- interaction. But you can't do a lot of that as people are walk being rushed through a haunt. You know, they can't stop. They can't touch anything. You know, it's it's just a, a show on the run, pretty much. So, but with an escape room, uh, you know, I immediately saw that, okay, now we're going to put people in a concentrated area and all the things that I can't do in a haunted house, I can suddenly do, you know, I can develop uh, a set that's interactive and and a storyline that's interactive and, and, and the people who, or there are suddenly the characters in that story and they decide their fate. So uh, it was just from a design standpoint, without even getting into the puzzles so much, uh, I was already very intrigued about it. And I, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. So uh, I told my friend, plus a couple other haunters, I said, we have to go. So I did a little research. I found out there were 60 in Toronto. I said, we're going to Toronto. <laughs> Y'all get ready. So we, we, uh, we went up. And uh, Saul, I think we played 17 in three days or something like that. Oh, it sounds phenomenal. uh, Yeah, I just uh, met some great people uh, who are now very involved at at Transworld and in the haunt industry as well. And I really learned as much as I could while I was there. And I came back and immediately started designing and and then constructing our, uh, our escape rooms. Since then, of course, they've exploded in the u.s market uh i heard there were three or four thousand right now you know four four and a half years later uh we weren't the first uh but i think it was when we started when i went up there i think there were 17 in the country oh wow Um, so we got in right in the right time i just applied the same level of detail that we do in the haunt uh, or more so actually and uh really just concentrated on story and puzzles and and it, and I, I just had great fun designing them They're, they've just been great and luckily for us they've been well received and we've been able to continue building uh, each one takes about uh, six months to a year to build and we now have uh, seven open plus one more coming at the end of the year and that'll be uh, all that we can handle at this location um, and, and they've all been been great fun to build and design. Most definitely. And that, I think, might actually be a good jumping off point to go into the Make It Immersive segment. Right, right. It's definitely immersive. <laughs> so... Make it immersive segment typically runs taking a specific world, but since we're going with more of a general genre, and you have already done quite a bit of phenomenal creation within that genre, I wonder how how would you approach creating an immersive experience in the horror genre without kind of the limitations of narrative that you had been working with? Which, as you had explained, you've found some outlet there for narrative within the escape room itself. But insofar as the fusion of those two things, without limitations, like what boxes would you want to check in going into really unleashing the narrative inside that? Wow. Um, 
what more could you do to people? <laughs> uh, if money wasn't an issue, either in the beginning or after it's open, I, I suppose an escape room that was much more interactive. Uh, I, I don't know. I envision people having to swim and, you know, just <laughs> who knows what the, what we could do to people. If you didn't have to worry about uh, lawsuits and <laughs> you know, trap doors under opening your feet. I, I don't know. It, it would be, uh, I, I definitely could, could do more, but you know, time is always an issue. Uh, uh, that that's always the, the killer on every on every project. On what side? The putting it together side, the yeah. creation and design, or on the side of how much time someone can spend in the experience? Oh, I think well, mainly uh, the build side, design and build side. Uh, time with any project, be it a movie, haunted house, anything you're any kind of production, it's always time that's the killer. You you always want to make everything perfect, but it's at some point it's it you have to say okay it's done and that's a big problem with artists especially in the haunt industry i've noticed is that uh when do you say it's done i think time would be a fact if you didn't have a time restraint and you could just build anything with an unlimited budget gosh i i don't even know where you know one of our biggest restraints is our our building you know i i want to design something that's 10 times bigger every time i design a room and i can i just have to squeeze it in where i can so if you had unlimited space that would be that would be awesome for sure unlimited budget time and space i i could think i could come up with some pretty uh pretty big nightmares for people (laughs) yeah certainly and i can imagine the space there being a really big kind of clinching factor in quite a few ways there too because you want to make the world as elaborate and as detailed and incredible as possible but at the same time it still has to be a finite thing unfortunately yeah yeah so yeah that's always a challenge so how many times do you think someone would have to go through the 13th gate experience to really get like the full breadth of everything that's inside of it we we talk about this uh, with with other haunt owners we it's a uh, topic of discussion that we have added so much to our haunts they're so complex now that people we're we're adding more for ourselves now not the public because there's so much to take in that they probably don't notice a lot of the changes because it's so overwhelming uh sensory overload in a lot of ways and uh, if you ask people uh who go through the haunt to tell you what they saw or uh, what they liked the best and things like that. They will recite their journey through the haunt in a very mixed up, confusing way. Uh, And and, and they'll even tell you scenes that aren't even there or it's, they'll tell you the first scene was last. I mean, people really uh, don't process uh, this, the attraction the same way. I mean, uh, as a general rule, uh, as as we do, that, because we're here all the time. We know every inch of it. Um, and a, a customer goes to don't they they don't pick up all of that. Interesting. Did I answer, did I answer the question? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I think that taps into something really curious too, because I mean that makes a lot of sense when you go through something and like you have kind of the elevated level of excitement and fear and all of those emotions that one experiences the way that 
the human brain works with memory suddenly changes when you're under those circumstances. So it makes a lot of sense that the sequence of it and the order of it would wind up being a little bit kind of distorted or hazy, which is, which is really tricky. It's makes describing what happens inside an immersive experience so truly difficult because how can you explain something that is so transporting and otherworldly in that way? Right. Right. And then, so I, to answer your question, how many times would someone have to go through? I, I'm not sure I have the answer to that. It depends on how, uh, how immersed in the experience they are. Uh, and now escape rooms are a little different. They're not, I, although I have two that are scary for the most part, they're not. And you spend a lot of more time in the same area. So I think you can take in a lot more of that environment uh, and process it. And that's why you really only play escape rooms once uh, because you you're there for an hour. So you're you've experienced what it has to offer. But haunted attraction is definitely different. Uh, it's so confusing uh, between all the effects and, and the twists and turns and darkness and different things you're going to going to encounter that it's it's just uh, people uh, would have to go through probably several times to take in most of it. Most definitely. Um, in insofar as des- the designing of the escape rooms versus designing of the haunt, like what were the biggest kind of like changes in mentality or structuring going from one form to the other? Obviously, like you have all this experience that you want to be able to put into the escape rooms as well. Like what translates and what doesn't? I think the the detail in the set design because we we really I think have a handle on realistic set design that easily transferred uh, to create an environment in a specific space that's interactive and based off different genres from an Egyptian tomb to a, a, a mad scientist lab a jail cell those sorts of things I don't I don't think we have any problem creating those sets. Um, what, what's the difficult part and what takes me the longest, uh, but it's still the most fun part to me is the design of the puzzles and the story and making all of that, uh, fit together. Uh, you know, I, have been to many escape rooms where you, you step in and there's a lot of puzzles there, but you wonder why it's there. It's not, you're doing a puzzle, but it doesn't fit the set. Or, you know, it's so for me, I wanted to make sure I, I want them to be transported into an environment that's real and the puzzles fit. For example, Cutthroat Cavern, uh, which is our it's it's kind of a, a Goonies adventure pirate game. Uh, every puzzle in that game has a, a reason for being there. It fits the set. It fits the story. And I, I've gone to great pains to say, why is this puzzle here? What's the history of it? Is It was a trap. It was put here for this reason. It was, you know, it served a purpose. And, and, it, and that makes a much more immersive environment and a much better escape room. Uh, but it's also hard. It's not an easy way to design. It's not, a, it doesn't, it takes a long time to do it that way. And, and, and a lot of people building escape rooms don't have the time. And uh, so they'll cut corners and just throw in a puzzle. But I think 
that that's a mistake in the long run. Uh, if if you want to make the best escape room that you can, uh, you have to take your time and do it in a way that everything makes sense. Most definitely. And I really like that question. Like, obviously, the the does this puzzle make sense is a really big question that, you know, circulates through the or the escape room community. Uh, the approach to that being what is the history behind this puzzle? I've never heard before, but I think that that's a really, really phenomenal way to kind of tackle that. Be like, all right, so so the why it, it has a story behind it in and of itself. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so what what do you feel like is the value of play? I think, um, you know, especially escape rooms, but also of course the haunted house, um, people first up, they put their phone up. Okay. They're not, they're not part of the connected, you know, universe anymore. And they have to concentrate on each other to survive the haunted house. (laughs) It's a shared experience. There's no social media aspect while you're walking through. It's just you versus the environment and your group uh, versus the environment. And it's the same thing with the escape rooms. And I think that's why they have been so well received is because I think people have forgotten how to play and how to interact with each other and how to communicate uh, uh, if, if it's not on social media. The first thing you do when you go into an escape room, you lock up your phone. Now, a lot of people, especially if you've never played an escape room before, uh, get very upset with this, that we would make them lock their phone up until they start playing and interacting and communicating with each other. And then it's almost a novelty. It's like, wow, we had to look at each other and work together and play together for an hour without any electronic devices. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a novelty. Unfortunately, you know, when I was a kid, you went outside and played. You know, uh, now I don't think kids do that. Uh, the world's changed and uh, haunted houses, are, you know, it's a great it's a great bonding experience. It's a great team building experience. Um, it, you, you do it as a family. You do it with friends. You do it with a date. You do it with corporate groups. Uh, and it's uh, and it's ex- experience that. Um, it's fun and interactive that that you share. And I think that that shared experience unmediated by technology, that feeling of you slash your group versus the world is, is such a pivotal thing there. It's tricky because in theory, you would think that technology would aid that feeling, but it seems like it tends to do quite the opposite. What do you feel like is going on with that in the real world? Why is it we're missing that in our daily experience. Well, I think there are forms of entertainment, shared entertainment that uses technology, obviously VR. And we have a a VR game, a four person VR game here. That's uh, we just opened up. That's doing great. Uh, And it allows you to step into a different world together. Uh, But as a whole, as society, uh, we've been we've just become addicted to our phones and it's it draws us away from each other uh, in a lot of ways uh, it, it's just a changing world have you figured out any way to kind of incorporate the feeling 
that one gets for an experience into your daily life. Because in some ways, coming out of an experience, you always have that feeling of like, I want more of this. Like, why is more of life not like this? And how could one make daily life a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more of that <laughs> that feeling? Uh, uh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I have a few friends that just live an adventure every day. <laughs> uh, I've got a, I've got one or two that travel all over the country and they're always posting pictures of just incredible stuff they're experiencing. Uh, but for the majority of us, we're tied into jobs that don't let us leave and, uh, you know, other factors in our life that uh, pretty much cement us in place. And, uh, when we get out of a certain age group, then then we're kind of stuck in that spot. And, and you, you only then get to go to Disney once a year uh, to experience or a haunted house or or uh, an escape room or something like that. And that's why it makes it so special, I think. Uh, I, wouldn't it be nice if we could all just go and do what we wanted to all the time? You know, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's especially tricky because there's also a degree to which that can become not so resonant. Like I've definitely seen people who like spend a bunch of time traveling adventuring and adventuring that wind up becoming kind of disenchanted with it. Like, Oh, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because potentially part of the reason that it's so impactful is because it is kind of a rare thing. The fact that. And it's the same way with Halloween, you know, it's, it's once a year and that's what makes it so special. I have people occasionally say, man, don't you wish you could do this all year long? And I tell them, no, it would, it just wouldn't work because it's, it's about this special event that happens once a year. Yeah, yeah. There's something about the the kind of drop in temperature, the crispness of the air that that shifts that mindset, as you were referring to earlier. There's something right. that is an intangible transformation of some variety that happens in that space. Right, right. So <clears throat> immersive experiences are something that are to some degree unprecedented. It, they're becoming more and more frequent. They're becoming more common, more understood. But a lot of times I feel like people don't really understand the breadth of what it's like to step into a different world that way. Haunted houses are kind of a good entryway very often because it's something that people are more familiar with and more understanding of. But do you feel like there's a good way to really describe that feeling of stepping into another world to someone who maybe is unfamiliar with that? I uh, recently met someone from Cuba and I tried to explain to her what we do here and she had no concept. It was completely foreign to her. And uh, I, the more I explained, the more confused she got. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, that's a good example of someone who has had not experienced it. Uh, so until you experience it for yourself, I don't think you can, it can be explained. Uh, did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really interesting example too, because very frequently I feel like m at least most people are familiar with a haunted house, but the idea of someone coming from a perspective where even that is an alien concept to them. There's even less to go on insofar as beginning to tackle the question of like, what's going on? This, like, what is this thing? 
and and I think if you would have dropped her straight into the haunted house, if she, she she would, it probably would have become a very nightmarish scenario for her because uh, it would be completely foreign, and she she might not be able to process it at all. I don't know, <laughs> but it may be a uh, hundred times more intense than uh, a person who uh, knows what Halloween is and horror movies and that sort of stuff. Um, so. Is there something specific that you like to try and get people to walk away with to come back to the context of a haunt or, you know, haunt themed escape rooms or things in that genre because people react to them so differently? As you said, some people go through most of it with their eyes closed. Is there like kind of a universal takeaway that you're hoping that people come away with when they come out of the experience? I, I'm trying to provide uh, I'm trying to create uh, an immersive environment that's gonna that, that people are gonna love I, I, I really build things that I I love and I always hope that the things that I've created is something that other people love and so far I've been lucky lucky that that most people do love those the things that we create together too great here but um i i just enjoy seeing people have fun and um and if they come out of the haunted house and they they liked what they saw and they thought it was quality entertainment for the price uh, i I'm, I'm very happy and i just wanted to be able to continue to do what i love and it's create haunted houses and escape rooms and uh, i hope that i'll continue that that people continue you know, coming to these events so we can continue doing what we do. Cause uh, I don't know what else I would do in myself if I couldn't uh, create haunted houses and, and escape rooms every year. Uh, so I, so I guess I'm just, I just want people to enjoy what we, what we build here. Most certainly, most certainly. And I think that that's almost definitely, people are definitely going to continue and increase their, their engagement and excitement with the immersive world. It seems like, it's becoming such a greater part of our cultural lexicon. Um, I think that more and more people are going to be converted. At least that's my hope and my goal in quite a few ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so the last thing that I would like to touch on is the, is there anything in particular that you're excited about that's on the horizon, either specifically for you and 13th Gate or just in the immersive world in general that you see upcoming and having a lot of potential? Well, we've been working for several years on a new location, and I hope that this works out for us uh, soon. Uh, and it has potential for us to expand the world that we create. Um, so that's, that's on the horizon, but I, I can't really speak much to it cause it's not, it's not done yet. But certainly, certainly. I'm, I'm always, uh, I, again, I'm restrained by, by space. So, uh, bigger spaces to create more immersive environments would be, uh, is our, is one of our top goals. Uh, as a general, uh, I, I see, I see a lot of things. I mean, dis, look at look at star Wars land. That's just amazing. You know, then, uh, I haven't uh, had the chance to experience it yet, but, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that, uh, you know, we can take, uh, uh, something like Star Wars and create 
an environment where you can experience it firsthand. That's like the ultimate immersive environment. Um, That's definitely. I don't know if that answered the question or not, did it? Oh, certainly, certainly. Yeah, without a doubt. It really does come down to that space, being able to have more yeah. room to create and get for uh, the people who who arrive to experience a thing, more space for them to experience and get a sense yeah. of a different world. Yeah, I don't know if I... I don't know if I answered that one good enough. Oh, no, no. I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. I'm going to come up with a better answer for that one. I don't know. Uh, it's a hard question, too. What 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 else? What do you see on the on the horizon as a uh, as a, a general overall concept? That's that's new and exciting. You probably have a handle on that question better than I do. Um, I think specifically the the ways that an experience can become interactive, expanding, especially through um, through actor interaction is something I'm really excited about. Um, obviously, like the anchor kind of of Immersion Nation is considering a lot of immersive theater specifically and everything that's inside of that. Um, but at this point in time, I think that's something that is just starting to get explored to a much greater degree than it has been in the past. And, you know, I've, I've had conversations with other haunters about uh, mixing an escape room and a haunt somewhere in the middle uh, and, and how that would uh, come to be. And, and, and I think that's interesting that, that there might be something else somewhere in the middle of those two uh, that, that might be something worth exploring in the future. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. The, the more or the different variety of fusion between these various disciplines, these various design principles seems to be a place that a lot of really, really incredible art and creativity come out of. Yeah. All right. So where can people find you guys? We are located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 832 St. Philip street. And that's uh, right on the Mississippi river. Uh, so easy to find. And what about online? Where's the best place to keep up with everything that you guys have going on? News updates. If anybody wants to wave hi. Okay. Uh, 13thgate.com for the haunted house and 13thgateescape.com for the escape rooms. Wonderful, wonderful. And of course, we'll have all of that linked up in the show notes for those who are interested in exploring and adventuring in a new world and something that is unequivocally and unilaterally agreed to be a particularly phenomenal example of spooky season immersive experience. Um, Dwayne, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on to chat. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me. This has been fun. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Well, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day and rest of the haunt season as everything is getting gearing up here for the adventures that are to come throughout the autumn here. Thank you. And of course, for everybody who has tuned in to listen to this particular episode, thank you so much for listening and happy Halloween. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Yes. All right. Thank you. See you next time. Calling all immersive adventurers, explorers, connoisseurs and artists. The immersive revolution is just beginning. All that is to say, we would love any feedback that you might have on the show. 
What do you want to hear more of, less of? Anyone in particular you'd like us to have on the show? I would love to hear your thoughts. So please rate us, review us, or just drop us a line on the website at immersionnation.com. I always love having conversations about this wide and wild world that we are both living in and creating. Once again, this is the Emergent Nation podcast. Thank you for joining us in this adventure. 